Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Jason. Welcome to the podcast. I always feel like such a guest. Like, it's yeah, thanks. I'm here. You are a guest and welcome. Yeah, okay, okay cool. Today's topic, Secret Invasion, based on the 2008 Marvel Comics storyline of the same name. It is the ninth TV series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. This is one that I know we were both very much looking forward to. We both said, yeah. I'm pretty sure, one of our most anticipated TV shows of the year. Like a series about Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury character? Are you kidding me? Yes, a spy thriller straight to Disney Plus, long form storytelling, giving us this adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. A, a sort of sequel to Captain Marvel following up from the scrolls. Everything about this sounds great. I'm going to try really hard not to be a moody son of a bitch. When we do this I had a feeling you were going to be with a lot of these MCU shows. <laughs> exactly. I had a feeling you were going to be <laughs> that guy. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. You went on the last one because going back to WandaVision, and I'm saying you're a guest, you are, but you've been back for almost all of the Marvel shows. You missed the last one, mm. She-Hulk. Did I miss it? I feel like, or did I, I just bitch to you off, off air, like just in our personal setting? If you setting. didn't miss it, I apologize because I was on that show. I just thought that I you feel like I did it. I feel really? like, no, nah, because we went really deep into everything about Kevin and Hawaiian sh Surely, surely. No, I, honestly, I'm fairly sure that Jay was on that one. But you know what? That right. could be a conversation we could take off air. I'll just go back and, and check. But point being, though, you've pretty <laughs> much done every Marvel show. So it's good that you've come back here for this one. And, and especially one... Much gone down worse <laughs> everything i like if i i obviously i wasn't it sounds like i wasn't on that she-hulk one i mean she-hulk was atrocious <laughs> great first episode i was like okay i can see what they're doing here and then just shat the bed the whole way through like it, i liked it they were doing, but at the they same, were doing something they were doing something yes like exactly was, i liked yeah, it at the same time i could i could see why some people wouldn't but you know we've had hawkeye Oh, we've had heaps. I was going to reel them all off, but we've all we've all seen them all. Loki, we're going to yeah. get season two. The trailers out, but this is the one, isn't it? You've said like, you know, we've got you know Captain Marvel. We've got scrolls there, but this mm -hmm. going off the trailers, you're getting like a Captain America Winter Soldier vibe. She's like, well, that's fun. A seventies espionage style thriller, but with scrolls. They've been living secretly on Earth. And a weekly Samuel L. Jackson Nick Fury TV show. Yeah, it sounds amazing. That character explore his psyche, explore you know like his struggles and you know like obviously the revelations from the snap or the blip, whatever you want to call it, and how he's reeling with that. You know, post 
Avengers, like, where are they now? Is this character lost amongst the fold? Is he still kicking ass? So excited. So excited. Well, let's just put a pin in it for now because it sounds like <laughs> we're both on the same page. Before we get to all of that, development on the series began by September 2020 with Carol Bradstreet and Samuel L. Jackson attached. The title and premise of the series, along with Ben Mendelsohn's return, were revealed that September. Secret Invasion premiered on June 21st, 2023 and ran for six episodes until July 26th. It is the first series in Phase 5 of the MCU. The series received mixed reviews from critics who praised Jackson and Mendelssohn's performances but criticised the writing, pacing and visual effects. And this is a show... (laughs) This is a show... That had a budget of $212 million. So they spent money on this street level. Sometimes you'll see a squirrel. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> Espionage thriller. But I think the first thing we need to talk about, which hit the headlines straight away, is the opening title sequence. A lot of people... yeah. And the timing on Disney's part was horrendous. A lot of people weren't happy (laughs) about the fact that they used AI to create the opening credits. A lot of people didn't like that because it's like, hang on a minute. You know, there's conversations about animators not being appreciated, people working in VFX, all of that. And all the while, as a creative choice, they said, they thought that using AI to create the opening title sequence, it really fit the theme of the scrolls. But people didn't buy it. They did not like it <laughs> at all. I mean, are we diving into the politics of all of that? Or I mean, there's some problematic stuff, but they they did something different. Um, I'm sure they'll probably shy away from doing that to avoid it again. The the opening sequ- like the opening credits though, like I mean, if you didn't tell me it was AI, like you wouldn't know. Which just goes like, oh my god, like technology really is wild now. Like, they can produce that. I when I did read that they were using AI for it all after the fact, I was like, well, surely maybe they used AI to alter certain bits or to. I mean, I don't know how they can use it as a tool rather than just like like do they just type in a thing create an opening sequence for this show and <laughs> is that how it works honestly like, i don't know but they're, they're gonna have to yeah, say scrolls sam jackson nick fury um deceit i don't know there's things that they'd put in there and the color green <laughs> that must have been in there <laughs> they put a bunch of keywords color green but like some of the designs in that thing of like it's like oh like that's nick fury but like that doesn't look right at all like it's 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 like very abstract and there's just weird just weird imagery sort of going on there i'm like okay, get, you know like it's i get interesting the, thing yes that out <laughs> i get the i get the approach it's just tone deaf timing <laughs> to have that 100 yeah the strikes all of that yeah it's it's not great but hey look it's a thing that people 90 uh, percent of people skip every single time an episode plays so i mean I don't. I watch it because I can never find my remote. But it's—I <laughs> don't know. There's some shows that I don't skip titles 
I skipped it on this one. Um, <laughs> what do you think to the? Hey, I'm the, up. <laughs> what do you think to the episode count? Because, oh man, I mean, it's not. I mean, six episodes. It's it's not enough, is it? Besides one which had, uh, you know, to be fair, a lot shorter episodes, but it did have. I think it had nine episodes. They've all been six. They've literally all been six of various length, but on average, half an hour to forty-five minutes. You might get lucky and get like a fifty-minute episode. I, I said it before. I think I think it was when we when we did Miss Marvel, and I said I was like, you know what, this this isn't working. These shows have have been been made like with cookie cutters. It's okay. Look, we're gonna everyone sit down. We're doing this show. This is the premise of the show. You've got six episodes to tell the story, rather than okay, this is the premise of the show. Create the show, and then we'll work out how many episodes it needs. How much time do you need to tell this story? They're not doing that. They're just they're mandating it to an episode count. That's why they've all been the same, and it and it's not working. Even like the Star Wars shows, you know, Obi Wan. When we, I know, I think we talked about it off air, where it's like that might have worked better as as a movie like trim all the fat get rid of the shit have a nice conceit like concise two and a half hour movie that's this either needed to be that a shorter concise really focused story with crazy shit happening in the background in spurts or longer where we could dive into like i said you know the psyche of the characters really get into the the sinisterness of the scrolls and that deceptive plot mysteries and just really looking at the the consequences of having you know these these beings from a from another planet sort of being here and really invest in some sort of story there wasn't enough time to do any of that now i've got to say like watching this week by week i was liking this show like i was like okay like i'm I'm thinking what they're doing. I'm like, okay, this is this is getting somewhere. We got about halfway through, probably episode three, more into episode four. I'm like, no, nah, this isn't really working. This is running pretty dry. Like, nothing's really happening. We get to the we get to the fifth episode, which is the second last episode. They drop a giant plot kind of device that makes it go, okay. So that's what we're that's what we're dealing with now. Introduced in the very last moments of that episode. And then they they try and wrap it up in 35 minutes in the final episode. It's like, it doesn't work. I, I don't know what yeah. they're doing. And I don't know why they're doing it like this. But six episodes works for you, you know, in and out. Just get it done. No, I, I agree with you. Uh-huh. I mean, I do like that they had the same director for all six episodes. Ali Salim, he did all six so you do have that one direction throughout the series just like you would get if it was a movie but have you read the secret invasion comic uh not like when i was younger like i had read a few issues here and there never i can't admit to okay i mean to be honest well it's been a while and not just the like, the main I remember story. Scrolls and, and stuff. Yeah. And, not just the main story. Know, the Fantastic Four element to it. You know, it's all... Yeah, but the offshoots, the spin-offs, whatever. I've read everything. It was a few years ago now, but I've read all of it. But even if you just look at the main story, 
It's a Marvel Universe story. It's where you find mm. out that for years, Hawkeye was a Skrull and had been captured, and other heroes were revealed to also be Skrulls. It was a massive thing that affected the whole Marvel Universe. Not here. I mean, what you were just alluding to, <laughs> you find out, I mean, Don Cheadle reprising the role of Rhodey, War Machine, he's in this, and you're finding out that he's a Skrull. The director's come out and said that it would have been the end of Civil War when the change happened. So I always find it a bit iffy when they do that, when they go back and say, actually, it was this point. We're going to say this point is when it all changed for a particular character, yeah, not just being a scroll, but for any story reason in a film or TV show. But that's what they're saying. So this is the show that, yes, it gave us a weekly Sam Jackson, Nick Fury show, but it also killed Maria Hill. Kobe Smolders, the bloody killed her. I was hoping beyond hope she was going to be in a pod at the end. But nope, they've absolutely killed her. <laughs> well, it established that like if if one of the if one of the scrolls or someone who, who truly is a scroll in like a human form, if they're if they're injured pretty badly or if they're killed, they do revert back to the scroll form. So basically if you see any character die, I know, but I was I was still hoping. <laughs> a little I, I like, of hope. I like Maria Hill. I do like the idea of them putting humans in pods because otherwise they're going to be walking around the place in a giveaway that a squirrel <laughs> is pretending to them. So that worked for me. Yeah. Look, I mean, they've what what the MCU has been trying to do for the past couple of recent years has been, you know, putting some putting some fresh like female characters at the forefront, which is fantastic to see. Let's let's be honest about it. You know, if we're not getting our knickers in a twist about it, some of them have been falling flat because they haven't had that development to to really bring it home. And that's just that's just a factual thing. Not a, not, I mean, it is opinion, but it's just sort of what's happening. You've got a character like Maria Hill that's been established. She's a pretty cool character, but there was still so much to explore with her. And now she's gone. And this was a great opportunity to have her and Nick Fury sort of working together, even if they had to take her off the board for a while for some reason, put her in a coma or something, you know, like just take her out if they wanted some alone time with Fury to deal with the shit, like with his wife. And I mean, that's the whole thing. We'll get to that. But yeah, just completely, they just, they just missed out on, you know, getting to, again, getting to play with Maria Hill and then putting that character that, that, strong female character who can kick ass you know like to be honest we haven't seen her do that much action stuff just in little spurts throughout yeah. various movies in, in small but it's always been hinted at like you know she's fury's right hand man or woman you know like top and shield for, agent like, and for a reason on. yeah so we've exactly. been told you're right that we've seen elements of it but not completely so think back to Captain Marvel, one of the best films about that movie, and that is a film that I do like. I really do. But one of the great things about that film was Ben Mendelsohn. Let's tell us. He was great in that film, and it was good to see him back here, but the character is just like Fury, more beaten down. You know, he was leading the resistance, no longer dead. Kill him. 
And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, first Maria the, Hill, this, then tell us. And that's why, like, the start of this show, well, let's just say the first half, like, there's some interesting stuff here because, you know, like, again, this is almost like a sequel to the, at least the scroll part of, of that Captain Marvel movie. And we're catching up with, with the Talos character. There's a conflict now because, and it's kind of stupid that it's like, they haven't been able to find uh, a habitable planet for whatever that's, that's, let's just go with it. But there's conflict, you know, like you said, he's, he's beaten down. There's a mistrust between him and Fury. They know what battle they're sort of fighting now. Are they on the same side? Are they not? Before they really truly get to resolve that and come to peace with one another, like they kind of have to get thrown back together to to you know get to the what they whatever they need to do. But they never actually get to find peace in that debt. Like, yeah. It's like, okay, so his story is done, I suppose, and it's sort of like passed the mantle to the daughter character. Oh wait, I'm not ready. Show. I'm not, ready to, talk, okay. I'm not ready to no, talk no. about her yet. I need more time before we can get to Gaia. I need more time. With um, with Sam Jackson and Mendelssohn, when they do have that exchange about trust on the train, great. It's a good thing. And it yeah, is. And thing. that's that thing. You know, being a Disney Plus show, you you know, you mentioned before, like, you know, Fury, like, what does he do with his downtime or where does he live? You know, all those kinds of things. Like, you're not going to get, You're not going to get that. In a movie, there's no time. So the characters have room to breathe. You know, you can focus. But I just, oh, let me let me just say it now. This was a big disappointment for me, this show. I feel like I'm just, just beating around the you bush. You don't say. It's <laughs> just, it's, it should have been so much better. When it, episode four is where I'm like, okay. So th- there was more between Fury and his wife. And, you know, we know that she's a scroll. And, you know, those characters get some closure at the end of the season, you know, which was good. And, you know, and he kissed her in a school form and she, you know, it, all of the, that's working. So, okay. So, you know, you see that genuine it's connection. Weird, yeah. that they, I mean, we're not really like, you know, they may look differently on the outside, but inside the two people in love. So that's fine. That, all, look, that all works. When you take a step back and you're like, Yuri's definitely bonked an alien. Cool. But then at the same time, <laughs> So is like Star Lord. So like whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it was just yeah. what a what a waste. What a waste of a show. I mean, you've got really good actors again: Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Amelia Clark. I do like her. I didn't see Game of Thrones. I'm one of those people. I know you are one as well. Oh, no. yeah, I, yeah. I saw her in a Terminator film. She was Sarah Connor, and I've seen her in other things as well. In this, she's fine. She's doing nothing wrong. As an actress, she's doing nothing wrong. But what they do... On the fundamental character... level of acting, <laughs> big tick, fine. <laughs> All good, check. Yeah. She's done a job. If if you know Skrulls from the comics and you know Fantastic Four, you've got mm-hmm. a Skrull known as Super Skrull. And he is Super Skrull because he's got all four powers of the Fantastic Four. I mean, MCU are doing Fantastic Four, but not yet. So we always knew we weren't going to get that version of a Super Squirrel. What's happening in this story is you've got Ben Kingsley Adir as Gravik, and he wants all the powers of the heroes that Fury's got on file so then he can become all-powerful all, all powerful and become a Super Squirrel himself. 
But they're using the Extremis as well, so it's interesting that they're reaching back into Iron Man 3. But ultimately, what we get, a show that starts being a Nick Fury show, you do have that cool moment when Guile was pretending to be Fury and he punches uh, Gavik. That was kind of cool. But then, when you see Talos' daughter going all super school, the powers that she's using are absolutely ridiculous to the point where I'm thinking after this show, we're never going to see this character again. They cannot have this character out there. Did you see, because I've got a note here, of all the characters that she has the abilities of, right? And it's an extensive list. We've got Ghost, was the character from Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm sure you all remember her. But she... she yeah, so she could phase. But, but it, it started off being science-based, but yeah, you're right, she could phase. And then we've got, like, characters that worked for Thanos. We've got Corvus Clave, Proxima Midnight, and I get it, they were on Earth. They would have bled in battle. I guess that's how they've got the samples. Captain Marvel. I mean, if she... Only had Captain Marvel's abilities. We've got <laughs> already a god. If she only had that, but she's also got Abomination, Mantis, Cull, Obsidian, Drax, Korg. With Drax, obviously he's got superhuman strength. The tattoos aren't part of his abilities or part of his powers. The the only part I take there is that because they sh- the, because the scrolls can shape shift. Something which is good power. She might not know what he looks like, but okay, let's uh, let's go with that. To call, mm, mm, no, 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 yeah, no, I get you. Ebony Moore, another one of Thanos's mob, a frost beast, Jatari, Valkyrie, Gamora, Groot, Winter Soldier, Hulk, Thor, Thanos, Thanos. She's got the she's got the power of Thanos. She has the blood, she has the DNA of a, the powers of a Titan. Yeah, look, she so basically she's besides having you know like mind control, the ability to phase, fly, blast things with her hands, um, she's indestructible. Um, she's super strong. Understatement. <laughs> she. she She's she's the ultimate god being. Like what have too they powerful. created? She is too powerful. It's ridiculous. They've it's it's the Peter Petrelli problem from Heroes, where they were like, "Hang on, he has all the powers. Shit, we can't do anything with this. Let's find a way to retcon this somehow." And that's what they had to do. And they're gonna have to do something with her, or just never talk about her again and pretend the show doesn't exist. That's a good example, Heroes, because it's still <laughs> superpowers. Where my mind went. The first episode of Happy Days, Richie Cunningham, the Ron Howard character, has a brother who goes upstairs and is never seen again because they decided <laughs> they they don't need that brother. This character is too powerful. Gaia is going to go upstairs and she'll never come back down again because you can't <laughs> have this character out in the MCU. Too powerful. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. No, it's. I mean, the, it's hard enough getting on board with the concept of 
look, the, the Super Scroll concept is already tricky enough. It works in the comics because it's like, hey, look, it's fun to have a mixture of power, like a, a character that has all the four powers of the Fantastic Four. Okay. That works. Um, but, you know, like putting that on, on screen in what's meant to be, even though it's fantastical and amazing, all this crazy shit happens and there's magic, but you still want to have it science-based mixed in with the, okay, these aliens can tr- shapeshift. All right, so there's something. You still need to sell it. And all this show did was say, cool, machine, powers, you get them. Done. <laughs> okay. It's hard to get on board with that as it is and then to bring it home and be like, like it was crazy when it was like, it just had Ebony Moore and like Groot's powers and the extremists. It was like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. And it kind of was mirroring, you know, like the extremist was like human torch powers and then Groot, you know, stretching, but also kind of the thing, you know, like it, it, it's all, I'm like, oh, I can see the similarities there. When, when the harvest thing is in, introduced and then number one, when you are collecting blood samples of, of individuals, how the hell do you identify that that's the blood sample of Carol Danvers and that's the blood sample of, you know, Hulk and blah, blah, blah. Hang on. Why did the Hulk even bleed? Well, I, I don't know. There's, there's all sorts. Like, so many questions. Does Groot have blood? I don't think so. I <laughs> no. don't know. DNA? Like, it would have been like a, like a weird sap. No, it's yeah. a whole lot of bullshit. That's what it is. Bit of bark. There's just you know- nothing here that makes sense. <laughs> Do you, know who, do you know whose idea it was to have a super school fight? I don't know, like some nine-year-old that they invited in for the day and was like, hey, write this write this show. Mr. Kevin Feige. It was oh, I'm starting to hate idea. him. I'm starting to hate him. He said, We're gonna have a super school fight and all superpowers are fair game. So the show obviously took full advantage of that. This all, of course, happened in the finale, which is currently the lowest-rated MCU episode ever, with an eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like you know how before I was like, you know, I'm watching this show and I'm like, you know, I think I'm liking this. I'm like, cool, I'm I'm on board. I'm happy enough with this. It's not great, but and I'm looking forward to you know when we do this episode. I'm like. I'm going to say positive things. I'm going to be like, you know, this show was all right. And then this last episode landed. And the whole time I was like, this is stupid. This is dumb. What's going on? What's happening? Why is this happening? The episode ends. And I was like, wow, that was a whole hock of shit. Like yeah. <laughs> the last episode <laughs> is horrendous. Nothing is. makes sense. The Gaia stuff is ridiculous. Um, but as I'm watching it I and mean, I'm, I'm happy, powers. And the references to like characters that we know and like, and it should be fun because Super Squirrel as a concept, it is fun. Again, it started off being all four powers of the Fantastic Four. It's a fun concept because he's going up against the Fantastic Four. Not only do we know the four heroes, we recognize the four powers the Super Squirrel has, and he's using them against the Fantastic Four. It works. That really works. Those powers also work as a combination. When you get the Fantastic Four, and it's like super strong, stretchy, fire. Fire's always good. Um, And then invisibility or like barriers and shields and shit. It's like 
you put them together and it's like, wow, the ultimate, and that's why the Fantastic Four team works because Absolutely. alone they're pretty good, but obviously there's still vulnerabilities. Put them together, solid unit. Put that in one human being or one being, super. You know, like that's that's the whole idea. But yeah. I mean, uh, the Super Scroll stuff apart, everything with the scrolls in this story, like like you said, we have the the, the most unkept secret, which is which is Rhodey. The, the whole time you're thinking, okay, if there's a character that's going to be a scroll, it's going to be him. He's also acting like a bit of a dick. So there you go. It's revealed, wow, what a surprise. All right, cool. This show really should have delivered a whole bunch of, like, oh, my God, who's a scroll? That person's a scroll for how long? Like, all of these things should have been happening. We should have been feeling this, asking these questions, getting excited, being surprised, like, demanding more answers. But, like, you just watch this and it's just, like, I don't really suspect anyone, mainly because I don't think it really matters. I don't care. When there is a reveal, you're like, yeah, saw it coming. And then you look back at the end of that last episode and you look back at the show and it was like, was there really an invasion? Like, was there? I mean, like, I mean, I look, mean, there was yeah, a cool yeah. scene with, like, a bunch of people is, in yeah. power. Yeah. Is it an appropriate title? Yeah. One of those people <laughs> in power, though, shoots McGavin. Always good to, um, always <laughs> yeah. good to see. Always good to see him. Shooter McGavin. Christopher <laughs> McDonald. And honestly, watching this, and, you know, we've seen every MCU movie, every MCU TV show. And I'm like thinking, when did Dermot Mulroney be president? Like that, that, this is the first time, isn't it? We've not had President Ritson until this movie or until this TV like, show. There was, I think the only other time there was a president was um, Iron Man 3. Yeah, but it wasn't was president. No, oh, no, there was. No, it wasn't this guy. President in that, but I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, so this is the. Ah, oh, but I mean, bear in mind, that's why it's really interesting as well. Like, and I know they're trying to move forward from it, but I mean, they do keep mentioning it. But like, obviously, the blip or the snap happen. That's five years. What's the? Not only what does the world look like now, but on a political landscape, what happened? What happened to government? You know. Did it fall? Did it try and maintain? Did they still go forward with elections? And, you know, was there a president that was in term that got snapped and then came back, fulfilled his term? Did Were they still there? I don't know. How long has this guy been president? So many questions. And we should be able to dive into it and this have, been the show. Be have these smart <laughs> conversations about should have been these the kinds show. of things. But they, you know, it should have been really interesting. They did. But it was not. They didn't do it. They did not do it in this show. But again, I got halfway through. Saturday morning cartoon stretched (laughs) over four episodes, six episodes for some reason. Again, it did get better for me with episode four and episode five, but I was halfway. I just finished episode three. And I'm like thinking, why am I bored? Why am I shouldn't be bored watching, watching the show. But anyway, it's a show they gave us. I did like, the score, um, Chris Bowers. Um, he's um, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Things. He's worked in films, TV, film. He did Green Book, King Richard, TV, Bridgerton, Mrs. America, Dear White People. So he's done a few things, and you know, 
he's bringing a vibe to this that I did like. So it sounds good, and there's times where it looks good. I mean, that 200, what did I say, 212 million? I don't know where all that went. I guess the, the Super <laughs> Scroll fight. When Fury got the beanie, he got the eye patch, he's got the the long coat, thought, oh, mm. let's go. And then the finale happened. So it, it kind of, it looked yeah. like it was going to get better. And uh, look, with, the, with the budget, like, I mean, it still costs money to... to make a production and if, if you think about it this is this is twice as long as as an average sort of movie it's still you know it's four hours almost five hours i think of television maybe not even but you think about it, like if it's split into two movies this would have been you know like two one hundred million dollar movies so it, it it tracks it's not all special effects that money goes into it's i mean true you know give a shout out my mate in the UK, William Newton, is in this movie as a background actor, more so in the first episode, but you see him again in one section of the opening of episode two. The area or the part of the episode where Maria Hill is killed. My mate Bill is in that. <laughs> Incredible. I remember him saying a while ago that he was in the new Marvel show as a background actor, but he's really like, in it as a background actor and anyway uh, I this knew- is his show this is his show with his co-star samuel jackson i knew it going in <laughs> but to see him there was pretty cool it was also in that mike myers netflix comedy the pentaverate it was in that as the oh, right. armed guard that come in and he gets killed by mike myers yeah. oh good i enjoyed that show it was bizarre <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. But I do like Mike Myers. But anyway, we're <laughs> let's get back to this. We're doing that thing again. We're doing that thing again. Yeah. <laughs> Whether this matters or not, Disney have confirmed that this show takes place after the events of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I don't know how much that matters, but what should matter though is that if you think about it, when Rhodey is rescued, the in the finale. He can't walk, just like when did he, when did all oh, that happened during Civil War, didn't he? So he he yeah. can't walk, but in that moment, until somebody tells him, he doesn't actually know that Tony's dead because that hasn't happened. But that's assuming that what the director has said is correct. He, I mean, he could be lying, or he might have been given. But let's just say false information. Let's or... say that's right. Then you're thinking, even though it was a scroll pretending to be Rhodey, they'd spent enough time together. But th- this is where it becomes very problematic because, I mean, everybody can agree, Endgame is pretty amazing. And <laughs> so, what are you saying? Because of this show, that was really a scroll in that scene with Tony. It wasn't actually, anyway. Yeah, no. I- I, I doubt I, it must have been after it has to be after Endgame. Like it's it, just because he's in a hospital gown. Could have gone for a the civil war. But anyway, we can just speculate. But instead, if you're gonna rate Secret Invasion, they want us to do. Uh, yeah, look, this show this show should have been it just should have been better. And there's honestly there's no reason like 
and it's not me whinging being like look it's not like the comics it's it's allowed to be its own thing which is fine it's just and it wasn't boring because it was a a spy thriller kind of thing it it just was boring because they didn't do anything intelligent with it it has this facade of something smarter but it's just not so many dumb choices Things don't make sense. Ridiculous last episode, just horrendous. Um, but look, some some nice moments with with Nick Fury. Um, some developments. There are some good in character relations. I'm I'll give this a generous two out of five. Which I don't even know what how that compares to the rest. It's not the worst MCU show on Disney Plus because She Hulk exists, but it's it's down the bottom as well. Like it's it just sits down the bottom with the rest of them. <laughs> I don't agree with what you just said about She-Hulk at all because I really did enjoy that. Honestly, for the, longest... the worst. <laughs> for the longest time, right, for me, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the one that was my least favourite. And it had nothing to do with the performances, the show. It was just, I don't know, it didn't really do it for me. Now, thinking back to that show, after watching Secret Invasion... At least Falcon and the Winter Soldier was interesting and engaging. And do you know, it's just this, I, I, I can't yeah. get over this show. Like, I honestly thought it was going to be so good. And I was just so disappointed. But like you, I'm going to come in at a, a two out of five, which I'm just so disappointed. It's a two out of five for me because I wanted it to be so much better. Well, that's it for our episode all about Secret Invasion. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Jason, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>